Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Innovation Scholar Podcast. I'm your host, Eli Hughes. And with me today, I have Gabe Bizzotto of Silver Coast Winery. Thank you, Eli. Thanks for having me. It's our pleasure. Now, for our longtime viewers, you may notice how this podcast sounds a little different than all the ones before. Well, don't worry. Our funding has not been cut. We are just live and on location for the first time ever in the show's history in Ocean Isle Beach, North Carolina. Yeah, it's uh, been a fun day um, being at the winery, Silver Coast Winery, um, looking at some barrels, seeing, uh, learn about fermentation, how to wine taste, all the fun stuff that comes with the winery. It has been a very, very fun and educational day. Glad, yeah, glad you had time, uh, fun time. Oh, yeah, thank you. Well, Gabe, uh, tell us a little about yourself. You know, how, what's your educational background? How did you get what jobs you worked for this? Uh, how did you got involved with the winery? Just tell us all. Yeah, um, so I'm um, from this area, southeast North Carolina, so the very, very south, uh, south port is actually where I'm from, um, and I went to UNC Charlotte in Charlotte, North Carolina for my undergrad. I double minored and majored um, in operations, supply chain management, international management, and my minor was international studies. Um, after college, I didn't really know what to do. Um, found a recruiter who uh, I got along with and found what I thought was my dream job. I was a professional food taster. That's the fun way to describe my old job. Um, I worked for a restaurant company where my job was to taste and negotiate uh, food prices for restaurants. Um, it was like a bad job. No, I gained a lot of weight. <laughs> I, I was on the uh, bakery team when I started, and my first project was uh, negotiating double fudge brownies for Marriott. So it was, wow. uh, I had to pick taste tests, like 30 or 40 different brownies, and it was, uh, again, horrible. I hated my job. Oh. Eating brownies for a living. It's yes. no wonder you left. Yeah, I know. Um, but uh, all that, it was a fun gig while it started, um, but... I come now that I'm at the winery. Uh, I actually inherited the winery. Uh, it's a, something a, a passion of my family's since I was five years old. Um, it, the winery is actually my mom's business. They're Italian folks. That's, yeah, that's, 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 that's where it comes in. Is the, yeah, um, stomping grapes, Italian. Yeah, we're uh, it's the real the, deal. It's in the blood. Um, but yeah, so um, my mom started the business whenever I was five years old. So we started, we're the 19th oldest winery in North Carolina, um, and uh, my mom sort of got the passion from it. She uh, retired uh, from her first round of career. Uh, she was in pharmaceutical sales um, previously, retired from that, and um, as her, uh, essentially they had, she had me, I was old enough to not need her as much at the home. And she decided to start her own business, which was a big endeavor, which ended up being the winery. Um, so uh, I grew up essentially with the winery. Uh, not, I drank grape juice, not the actual wine. Are we sure? I never know. I don't know what they were giving me. If I was crying or something, don't sell child services. But, <laughs> um, so I, yeah, I had uh, a fun time. My, my summers were mostly spent at the winery helping my mom, giving tours as a seven-year-old. Uh, it was it was fun. I learned a lot about wine early on, but um, I actually learned more about wine in my previous role. Um, uh, once I grew up, went to college, had my first career job, 
Um, I started getting back into wine a little bit, um, just because I got a little older. Um, and then I, with my, I guess, culinary background with my job, I had to, my job was to argue with chefs about they had, that they were using the wrong ingredients. And I don't know if you know any chefs from your life, but uh, chefs don't like to be told what to do. <laughs> so uh, I had to have some sort of uh, qualification to my, uh, what I was saying as far as my culinary skill. Um, I did not go to culinary school, uh, so I studied wine um, and got my sommelier to help sort of show chefs that I was working with on a day-to-day basis that um, I had some, at least, understanding of their world. Um, Now, I have to ask. Yeah. Was every kitchen like Gordon Ramsay's kitchen? No. Uh, My old job is... uh, Compass Group is the name of the company. It's uh, look it up. It's the largest restaurant company in the world. Wow. Um, that you never would have heard of. Uh, hopefully they. I mean, they're notorious for doing dining hall food and the continental breakfast you get at, uh, at hotels and airport food. Not necessarily the highest quality. They do have great uh, food. Like they, I think um, they do the Oscars. They do big events. They do NFL stadiums. A lot of but at the same time, it's feeding a lot of people, not necessarily fine dining. Uh, so it wasn't like I had to fight five-star Michelin, Michelin chefs uh, about what type of uh, chicken they were going to use. It was more of just uh, the casual conversations with um, more of the industrial chefs. Um, but no, it, um, so having studying wine for my own purpose... Um, COVID hits, um, and my job becomes remote, so I moved back home. And at the time, uh, my mom is seeking her second retirement. Um, so slowly but surely, my work from home became working from the winery. Um, and then slowly but surely, my job transitioned from, <laughs> I essentially was given an ultimatum from my mom saying, um, if you don't want the business then we're getting rid of it. That's a, that's a very uh, cutthroat Italian thing. <laughs> yeah, it is very Italian. Um, she was very much, uh, at, the, at the time I could tell, and that's part of the reason why I stepped in, is because I knew uh, growing up with the history of the winery, I would kick myself a few years down the road if I left let um, a business. I mean, it, many people dream about owning their own business. Um, I know that I would kick myself if I didn't at least take initiative and try and step into the the GM or whatever position she sought for me. At the time, I was just uh, a bartender. Uh, um, I left my pretty comfy salary to go to a part-time full, slash full-time uh, hourly position that was granted $10 an hour. So, huge culture shock as far as my my living standards changed drastically, um, but the thought is it's equity in the company is what I'm really paying myself, like getting paid in. So well, I um, think you know I think it's that's uh, very smart, very you know um, uh, very well of your parents to think you know hey our son has to kind of earn his way up you know and they're going to give it to you. Yeah, I I, um, I had to really at least show that I really wanted it. I think it was more of a 
a punishment, but also a if he can bear doing this, then he's um, actually going to give it a go. Versus um, they were afraid they were going to give me a sinking ship, um, and I think they were afraid that I would go down with the ship. I I had to sort of prove myself that I wasn't going to go down with the ship, or I could turn and make the winery uh, blossom into the the rest of the um, not just post-COVID, whatever this is, but um, going into the future looking 10, 15 years down the road. Yeah. Well, that sounds amazing. Um, and now you're, you're general manager right now, correct? Uh, yes. I uh, just got promoted to the general manager position. So awesome. um, it's uh, started, again, uh, a couple months ago. I was um, more of just a bartender. Then I switched to um, a distribution where... Uh, wholesale side of things, um, started taking more of the accounting and payroll and other sort of small business um, roles uh, from my mom. And then uh, I mean, we are a fairly large company. I'm uh, fairly large. I mean, we have 25 to 30 employees um, over three locations, plus the actual production facility. So four locations in total. Um, we have the main winery location and then three other sort of satellite um, bottle shop wine tasting rooms um, in various about all within about an hour's drive of each other in this area of North Carolina. Wow, that, that sounds great. So what, once you do become CEO, hopefully, it's, yeah, hopefully, it's, hopefully it's on the horizon. That's, 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 uh, that's the goal at least, maybe in the next five years or so, but yeah. um, that's, that's at least what the thought is but right well once you become CEO, what's your vision for how things are done you know because you're also coming with a younger perspective you know fresh you know sort of fresh out of you know college you know you're you're uh, you know i'm not sure are you are you millennial is there, are you classified I, I think no i just uh i'm 1995 so whatever i'm like in between uh, millennial or whatever's after millennial what are gen you gen z you're gen z yeah gen i z. guess yeah i'm in between gen z and millennial so cool. I guess I could call myself either one. I'm not sure. Yeah, whichever one you feel like you want to identify with that day, right? Exactly. If I get on TikTok, I'm Gen Z. If I uh, stay on Facebook, I'm millennial. I don't right. know. Or go to Starbucks. Just yeah. go to Starbucks. Yeah, <laughs> one of the two. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, getting back to our point, yeah. uh, what's your vision for where you're going to take this company, your parents' company, their, you know, your legacy you have to build? Um, yeah, I, I, I hope to take it to where it is. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of different things I can go into but the I more so want to just make sure that it it's known for being what my mom envisioned which was a place to get great wine um, that that's sort of her goal in general the, the whole reason she started the winery um, was because uh, here in this part of North Carolina um, no European varietals the stuff you get at grocery stores and restaurants they don't actually grow here um, and sort of the south in general uh, I know Charleston's pretty far away. You still get uh, us yeah. northerners. Yeah. yeah, you northerners up there. Yeah. Uh, the southern, the south, southern wine in general tends to be a little sweeter, and that's just because the only thing that grows here are native North American grapes, um, uh, Scuppernog, Muscadine. Um, stuff, they taste delicious. Picking grapes, they're big uh, and really sugar filled, um, but they uh, they just tend to be a little sweeter. So. For someone who enjoys more of the dinner-style wine, um, there's not many options. 
and in 2000, when uh, she actually incorporated, um, she had to drive 45 minutes to the closest grocery store. Um, the area's grown tremendously since, but um, 45 minutes to the closest grocery store to get these style wines, the European style. Um, so she grew up making wine with my grandfather in his basement. Um, so she sort of had the... Now is that illegal, legal, I, or... I, back then I don't think they cared, but maybe it was the <laughs> 70s, so I'm, I'm sure it probably was illegal. They probably time. had the permits. Yeah, they, yeah. I'm going to say for my right. mom's sake, she, has the, she had the permits. They went through the whatever board they needed to. Yeah, we're good. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> but no, I, I think... We do not condone illegal yeah, winemaking no, on this no podcast. Uh, moonshining is illegal. I know West Virginia. Uh, oh, I, I knew it was going to go there. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, you West Virginianers. Uh, <laughs> North Carolina gets a bad rap, but I think West Virginia has it too. So, um, no, we, uh, I think, getting back to the point, the future of the winery, uh, and there's a lot of different things. Um, again, back when we started, we were the only game in town. Uh, during its high heyday um, in... Let's see, 2005 and six. Uh, again, we founded in 2000. For the first six, seven years, we were um, with nothing here, uh, no big event venues or anything. Uh, we would have probably 2,000 to 3,000 people every month during a, fe- a large festivals we would host at the winery. Incredible. Uh, yeah, it was it was a sort of sight to be seen. Um, for at the time, this area was very rural. Um, it has grown up around the, uh, the winery since, um, but the winery still is relatively in the boondocks. Um, so the future of the winery, which we've sort of um, started leaning into, is the satellite model. Uh, so we have the main winery is the production facility. Uh, that's sort of an event space as well, but you have um, a whole bunch of small satellite shops throughout the surrounding area so that going back to my mom's vision of uh, you're never the whole point of the winery is to produce great European style wines but um, without having to drive too far so by having a whole bunch of satellite locations um, close enough to the towns surrounding the winery that you're not more than 10 minutes drive from getting a great glass of wine from Silver Coast Winery. Awesome. Yeah. Well, that sounds like a great vision. Um, definitely a uh, vision that's going to require a lot of uh, brute strength and yeah, planning. It's uh, it's sort of uh, tasked to uh, a big undertaking. The more I take a deeper dive into even just getting a permit or whatever, uh, dealing with the different taxes or uh, paperwork, It's uh, small businesses are, are tough, but... Uh, rewarding in their own right. Yeah, yeah. So as a young person and as a young, you know, uh, entrepreneur slash, you know, uh, someone who's inheriting a company from their parents, how did the other employees, you know, em- embrace that? Because, you know, I'm sure they've all seen you grow up and now here you are, you're you're getting older and you're taking over the company and, you know, do they ever like resent the change or do they, you know, not, you know, respect you in a way or? No, I, I there's definitely a, um, uh, it's it's. I think with dealing, most of these, most of these employees have grown up, or I've grown up with them. 
uh, meaning they've been around. I mean, our winemaker has been around since 2005, the current one we have. So that's almost 20 years with us. And, heck, I'm 27. So um, he he's seen me. He was there when Gabe was doing the tours. Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's He's been around for quite a while. Um, and uh, there's a few staff members as well who've been with us for a long period of time. Um, and, I mean, I have one sister as well who gave it a shot. Um, running the winery as a GM, she, my older sister, um, and she, the reason why she current isn't there is sort of she felt that that resistance to change. Um, uh, she sort of was every big push or everything big initiative she tried to enact um, to sort of steer steer the ship um, was seen with some pushback, um, and that's sort of the. The thing you have to, uh, I'm not saying that I'm going to do much better, I hope I do, um, of, of sort of uh, commanding the, the winery, but it's it's the respect from employees is something you really have to earn, especially since I haven't been in the trenches with the employees for years like my mom has. Uh, the, the, the staff respects her opinion uh, because they see how her opinion shapes the winery. Um, I'm coming in as the young gun who has a lot of ideas um, on how to make the place better, in my opinion. Um, but again, the uh, there's a saying: the universe hates change, and uh, it's 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 true. Most things will course correct going to, back to what they were doing um, versus leading it into the direction to try and push it to. So, all that being said, yes, there's there's a lot of um, uh, adversity when dealing with uh, earning respect, uh, but once you do earn that respect, I feel like you do get some buy-in, um, which is just showing people how committed. I'm, I, I'm not. the The point is to not try and be just a, some kid who was given a silver spoon, um, and showing them all the staff members who have sort of trust their lives in building the company the way it is making sure that they see that I'm actually taking uh, this opportunity and running with it versus just um, sitting on my laurels and letting this opportunity go to waste. Um, and in that in that sense, taking their um, economic benefit that they have with the winery um, and potentially hurting their families for the future. If I... Um, and that's the one thing I have to taken to consider um, going forward but no it's it's um... well I, I believe that uh, if, if you if anyone ever asked you about it at the winery or if your employees if you gave them that answer you would no doubt 100% earn all the respect within a matter of 60 seconds I, was, I appreciate you like yeah that was a very noble very <laughs> great answer, great uh, answer. it's uh, about I mean I, there's a lot of It's not pressure. I, there's no, there's no, there's there is pressure that, and that's a good thing. I think um, pressure to fill shoes, um, of especially shoes that you know well. Um, meaning, like I truly respect my parents and my mom, and think she's an outrageous businesswoman. Um, 
the the shoes are huge and that is a lot of pressure but if I didn't have pressure then the business would more than likely fail if I didn't see the success and the legacy of my my family's business as a uh, as leading to pressure or being something of gravity that I need to live up to then it probably would fail so uh, it means I probably didn't care enough to begin with and I think that's why my parents whenever bringing me back on um, were slow to uh, to to just put it all on me I think they knew that I had to earn the respect of everyone in the building I think they knew that I needed to understand the business before I try and come with my crazy college ideas um, and I think they knew that I had to um, understand the bigger task of what direction the winery needed to go before I actually took the reins. Yeah, um, that's. They sound like wonderful parents and yeah. even better business owners. Yes, they're, <laughs> they're pretty good. I'll say that. Yeah. So, Gabe, one final question for you: What is your hope for the future for the winery, for yourself, for employees, everyone involved? What do you want the future to look like? Um, great question, Eli. Um, I'm still not too sure on the specifics of what I want the future to look like. Um, well, see, that's, that, yeah. that right there, that's an innovation mindset. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess so. You have to adapt at the times. I know. I, I have a general Maybe it wasn't idea. a good question after maybe, all. Maybe it wasn't <laughs> a good question. I don't know. I think it's it's got me thinking. Um, I, I think that uh, the future, I, I know more generalities of that uh, being in the service industry um, in, in general with the winery. Um, it's a, Actually, the winery is more of a mix of good and service uh, because we are, at the end of the day, pr- a production facility. We do make and man- manufacture the wine, um, but it's about the experience while enjoying the wine. So um, not just at the facility, but at home. Uh, if you take it as a gift for someone, um, the whole aspect of making an impact on someone's life, small or large, um, in a positive manner. Um, and that's, at the end of the day, that's what I'm trying to do, whether it be um, the little things, trying to innovate in the business itself to make things run smoothly, um, to make run things run a little bit more efficient, um, but also by the interaction with customers, trying to make sure that they have uh, the best time that they possibly can while experiencing uh, wine with us. Yeah, very well said, very, very well put. Um, everyone, that is the conclusion of today's episode. I think Gabe Zotto, I have so honor to join us. Thank you for having me. And for everyone listening, thank you, and see you soon. Cheers.